Arthur, where have you been? Listen to this, Patience, tell your father. What's the matter, girl? What you been doing? I was down at the pool. So? Oh, Mr McCarthy was there. I told you to keep away from that man. Mr James was there too. They was fighting. What do you mean fighting? She means fighting. What's the matter with you? They were shouting at each other and saying horrible things. What of it? Let him. Mr James had a gun. Are you sure? Yes, I ran all the way back here. Scared out of her mind she was. Go down there, Arthur. See, everything's all right. Oh, don't be stupid, woman. I'm not wasting my time on McCarthy and his son. Besides, there's no point. What? Mr. James! What's happened, sir? It's my father. Down by the pool. He's dead. The Boscombe Valley Mystery by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Dramatised for radio by Bert Cools With Clive Merrison as Sherlock Holmes and Michael Williams as Dr. John Watson and featuring John Woodvine as John Turner and Danielle Allen as his daughter Alice. The Boscombe Valley Mystery. It was in the second year of my marriage that I became aware of the tragic events in the Boscombe Valley in Herefordshire. At that time, my private practice had become a busy one, and there were some days on which I scarcely had time for anything outside my consulting room and my daily round. The strains of such an existence had not escaped the attention of Mary, my wife, whose habit of drawing conclusions from small details was sometimes disconcertingly familiar. Well, John, what does Mr Holmes have to say? Oh, how on earth did you know that this was from Holmes? A telegram from a patient would have had you rushing from the room at once. And there's a distinctly nostalgic look in your eyes. Shall you go? Good Lord, you're doing it again. Oh, John, stop it. You're sounding like one of your own stories. Why else would he wire if he didn't want you to rush off somewhere on an investigation? Have you a couple of days to spare? Have been sent for from the west of England. She'll be glad if you will come with me. Air and scenery perfect. I leave Paddington by the 11.15. Well, Dr Anstruther will stand in for you. He owes you a favour. And you've been very pale lately. You certainly could do with a change. Thank you, Doctor. Or have you suddenly lost interest in Mr Holmes and his cases? Uh, now, that would be most ungrateful, seeing what I gained through one of them. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. So? I'll go and pack. I only have half an hour. <laughs> It's really very good of you to come, Watson. What have you to ask me, Holmes? It makes a considerable difference to me having someone I can thoroughly rely on. Local aid is either worthless or biased. Thank you. So, what's the case? The Boscombe Valley Tragedy, they're calling it. Hmm. Good title. Uh, wait until I've solved it before you think about putting pen to paper. There's a good chap. Well? Oh, it seems to be one of those simple cases which are so extremely difficult. That sounds a little paradoxical. That is profoundly true. Singularity is almost invariably a clue. The more featureless and commonplace a crime is, the more difficult it is to bring it home. So there are no leads? On the contrary. They've established a very serious case against the son of the murdered man. It's a murder, then? 
Yes, Watson. It's a murder. James, I've only just heard. Miss Turner, you shouldn't be here. Oh, don't be foolish, Moran. James, speak to me. Alice. No. Best keep away from him, miss. What on earth do you mean? James, you must pull yourself together before the police arrive. Come on. Turn round and look at me. <gasps> Covered in blood? Yeah. Mm, you're right. It does look bad for him. Yeah, there's more. McCarthy Sr. was beaten to death with a heavy, blunt object. The son's shotgun was found lying beside the body. I can hardly imagine a more damning case. Uh, circumstantial evidence can be very tricky. If you shift your point of view a little, you often find it pointing in an equally uncompromising manner to something completely different. Mm, even so, the whole thing seems to me to be practically hopeless. How did you get involved? Oh, there are several people in the neighborhood who believe in his innocence. Among them, Miss Alice Turner. Ah. Please, Doctor. It's a little early to cast her in the role of romantic heroine. But it was she who sent for you. Indirectly, yes. The Strade's in charge down there, and Miss Turner... The Strade? But surely it's a purely local affair. Well, evidently, there aren't enough metropolitan murders to keep the Scotland Yarders awake. Anyway, Miss Turner insisted on his contacting me. Insisted, eh? <laughs> I imagine he loved that. And hence it is that we're flying westward at 50 miles an hour instead of quietly digesting our breakfasts at home. <laughs> I wish the summons had arrived earlier. It would have been useful to have attended the coroner's inquest. I've been away in Bristol for a few days on business. When I returned on Monday morning, my father wasn't at home. I took my gun and strolled out in the direction of Boscombe Pool. There's a rabbit warren there. Just a moment. You come home after a business trip and your first impulse is to go out and shoot rabbits? I wanted to let off some steam. I was angry. You were angry. Your business had not gone well? No, sir, not well at all. Continue. When I was still in the trees, about a hundred yards from the pool, I heard my father calling to me. He called you by name? No, sir, he called Cooey. That was a private signal between us. So he was expecting you? No, he couldn't have been. He didn't know when I was coming back from Bristol. Our meeting was an accident. An accident? You're quite sure that you didn't follow your father to this secluded spot quite deliberately? No! The child, Patience Moran, has testified that you and your father engaged in a violent quarrel. What was the subject of this violent quarrel? I can't answer that question. Young man, you must be aware that this refusal will prejudice your case considerably. <laughs> Perhaps you will condescend to answer this. Was this quarrel with your father an isolated incident, or had there been others? An isolated incident? No, sir. We were always fighting. What was the outcome of this final fight? There was no outcome. I could see that my father was in no state to listen to reason, so I turned and walked away from him. I hadn't gone many yards into the trees when I heard... when I heard him. Father! Oh, my God! 
What? I can't hear you. A rat. What did you say? A rat. You seriously expect this court to believe that in his last extremity your father spoke of a rat? It's the truth, I swear it. When you returned to the clearing, did you see anything suspicious? Well... Come along, it's a simple enough question. Did you see anything suspicious? I think so. You think so? Just out of the corner of my eye, something... Something moving away into the trees. Would you please be a little more specific? Something large and grey. It was crawling over the ground. <laughs> Mr. Holmes! Inspector Lestrade, you remember Dr. Watson? I certainly do. Doctor. Inspector. Yeah. I see you're blending into the country setting, Lestrade. Mm. Oh, those leather leggings are extremely fetching. Um, now you know perfectly well that these country people are in awe of Scotland Yard. It does no harm to try to look like one of them. Quite right, my dear fellow. It does no harm to try. Now, are we going to conduct the entire case from this charming railway station, or are you going to show us the way to our hotel? Here, Father. Drink this. Here. Oh, no. Don't spill it. Oh, for pity's sake, Alice. Don't treat me like a child. I can still hold a glass. I'm sorry. No, girl. I shouldn't snap at you. Here. Give me the stuff. It's a close thing. Which one will get me first? The illness or the cure? Oh, Father, you mustn't talk that way. Have you been smoking again? Oh, you know what Dr. Willow said. I don't want to hear that man's name. <coughs> you see? Now lie back and relax. Oh, how can I relax? I should have been at that trial. It was an inquest, not a trial. Now, you get some rest. I'm going out for a while. Are you going to visit that boy? <coughs> I've told you to keep away from him. A rat! A rat! Bravo, Lestrade. A most gripping recreation. <laughs> Illuminating. Illuminating! Everyone from the coroner downwards thought young McCarthy was coming out with a pack of lies. You're convinced he's guilty? Well, aren't you? The whole thing is as plain as a pikestaff. You're wasting your time, Mr. Holmes. Oh, splendid, this country air. Now, tell me about Miss Alice Turner. Well, she's barely turned 18 and damnably attractive. Yes, yes, I trust you've discovered more about her than that. I've not heard a bad word against her. She's certainly well-liked by the tenants on her father's estate. And by all accounts, she's inherited his generosity and fairness. The McCarthys, were they landowners or tenants? Tenants of the Turners. What's Miss Turner's relationship with young McCarthy? Uh, close, if you ask me. A sign of bad judgment on her part. But she's a strong-willed young lady and knows her own mind.
Mr. Holmes, James didn't do it. Mm. I know it, and I mm. want you to start your work knowing it too. I hope we may clear him, Miss Turner. You may rely on our doing everything we can. Do you think that he is innocent? I think it very probable. <sighs> there now, Inspector, you hear? I keep telling you, James wouldn't hurt a fly. We were always fighting. His own words. They were fighting only minutes before the father was killed. Yes, but... Miss Turner, I believe you know what that fight was about. Yes, Mr. Holmes, I do. Have you been withholding evidence? Please, Lestrade. Miss Turner? It was about me. About you? I'm sure that that's why James wouldn't explain it. Mr. McCarthy was very anxious that his son and I should marry. Lately, he seemed to talk about little else. Ah. We have always loved each other, as brother and sister, I mean. But, well, James is young and has seen very little of life. Naturally, he didn't want to marry yet. And your father? Was he in favour of this union? No, he was not. Ah, thank you for this information. May I see your father if I call tomorrow? I'm afraid the doctor won't allow it. The doctor? Uh, Mr. Turner wasn't in the best of health, gentlemen, and this affair has broken him down completely. No one's allowed to disturb him. Dr. Willow says that his nervous system is shattered. I must go now. I don't like to leave him for too long. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Miss? Oh, Mr. Holmes. Miss Turner? When you see James at the prison, do tell him that I know he is innocent. I will do so. Then goodbye. And God help you in your undertaking. I've told you everything that happened. How many more times? We are not interested in your fairy tales, my lad. What we want is the truth. Who killed your father, Mr. McCarthy? What? Who killed your father? Give us the name of the person you're shielding and you'll be out of this jail in minutes. You're mad. Listen, we had our differences, but he was my father, for God's sake. Do you really think that if I knew who killed him, I'd be keeping it a secret? What sort of son do you take me for? Thank you. It's always gratifying to have a theory confirmed. This is ridiculous. Men have been hanged on less evidence than I've got against this prisoner. And many men have been wrongly hanged. Who are you, sir? My name is Sherlock Holmes. Now tell me, McCarthy, how long have you been married? Dr. Watson? Yes, I'm Watson. Uh, begging your pardon, Doctor. What is it? What can I do for you? I'm Arthur Moran, sir. A lodge keeper up at the hall. Uh, Miss Turner asked me to give you this. Mm. Why don't you send for the local doctor? Uh, doctor Will is not here, sir. He's gone out to Reese Farm to see old Mr. Logan. It's nigh on 15 miles. This is very urgent, doctor. Of course. I'll come at once. I was stupid, I know it. It happened three years ago. Alice had been away for more than five years at boarding school. I didn't know she was ever coming back. But father was already going on and on about her. So, purely as an act of defiance, you married someone else? She's a barmaid. A barmaid? And she now lives in Bristol. How do you know all this? Has she been talking? No, she's been doing something far more eloquent. 
Your wrists and cheeks bear recently healed parallel scratches, the unmistakable signs of attack from an hysterical woman. Couple that with your marked reluctance to marry Miss Turner, despite the obvious bond between you, and the conclusion is a simple one. I take it that your business trip was to try to free yourself? Yes. She told me to go to hell. Charming. And even though the whole point was to spite your father, you lost your nerve and didn't tell him. He'd have killed me. He would have been very angry. Probably thrown me out. How would I have lived? Did anyone else know of this marriage? No one. And please, you mustn't tell Alice. I wouldn't hurt her for the world. Please. It will be a moment or two before it takes effect. Try to breathe slowly and easily. It was so good of you to come, Dr. Watson. Oh, not a bit. I've done what I can with what Dr. Willow's left here, but you must send for him as soon as he returns. I told you, Alice. No doctors. Oh, Father. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Oh, that's perfectly all right, Miss Turner. Now, please don't excite yourself, sir. Give me your wrist. Try to relax. That's... that's all I ever hear. Here you are, Doctor. Thank you. I'm so grateful to you for coming out. I didn't know who else to turn to. Oh, you did the right thing, Miss Turner. Has he had these sudden relapses before? Yes. He's been seriously ill for years, but it's been much worse since the tragedy. Dr. Willows does what he can, but... Well, Dad isn't exactly a willing patient. He used to be such an active man. I wish you could have known him when he was younger. So full of life, and... It can't have been easy for you. I just do what has to be done. Ah, I think you're very like him. A fighter. The crisis of this attack is over. He should be stronger tomorrow. Thank God. Miss Turner, would you object to talking about... Uh... The murder? Mm. No, no, certainly not. Oh, I was so pleased that you and Mr. Holmes consented to come. This must seem such a petty little affair to him. Oh, no. If he thought that, he never would have accepted the case. That policeman, Inspector Lestrade, he seems so certain that James is guilty. I have known Mr. Lestrade to be wrong before now. Mr. McCarthy was a tenant of your father's, I believe. Yes, that's correct. What was he like? Was he a good farmer? The land was well worked. And what sort of man was he? He was... hard to know. Popular, would you say? I think you must ask them in the village. I saw little of him. Very well. Is your father's estate a large one? Very large. Holmes will probably want to speak to the estate manager. He has already done so. I'm sorry? Dr. Watson, my father wouldn't trust an outsider to look after his lands and his tenants. I have been managing Boscombe for the last two years, since I was 16. You are a remarkable young woman, Miss Turner. Thank you, sir. And I think that you care very deeply for James McCarthy. Yes. Yes, I do.
this McCarthy lad. I, I think he's sound at heart, though not exactly quick-witted. He's comely to look at. But to rush into marriage like that? Well, at least it explains his lack of interest in Miss Turner. I found that astonishing. The voice of the connoisseur, Watson? Really, Holmes. <laughs> what else did you glean from your visit to the hall? That really was a stroke of luck. Your client's father is dying. He has a history of diabetes, and this recent business has led to complications. Yes, yes. Did you learn anything about the family's relationship with a murdered man? Oh, Miss Turner showed a marked reluctance to speak about McCarthy. I think she disliked him, possibly intensely. Indeed. Even though he was in favour of the marriage and her own father was not? Yeah. Despite that one difference of opinion, the two men were old friends, apparently. Did you know that Turner let McCarthy have Hatherley Farm rent-free? No, I didn't. Hmm. Ah, fascinating. Philanthropic towards the father dislikes the son. <laughs> Curious. Ah, tell me about the house. It's well appointed, of course. There's a lot of money in the family. Mr. Turner made his fortune out in Australia, the height of the mining boom. Places full of Australian pictures, souvenirs, that sort of thing. <laughs> Made me feel quite nostalgic. I only spent a couple of years there when I was a boy. God knows it was a lawless sort of place back then, but it's the sort of land that gets into your bones, so to speak. Holmes, are you listening? Watson, good morning. And a beautiful one, too. Been for a walk? Yes. To speak to that fount of all village knowledge, the postmaster. And? Assuming your diagnosis to be correct, Miss Turner was not an isolated case. In fact, Earl McCarthy seems to have been liked by no one. On the day before he was killed, he very nearly came to blows with someone in public. Did he, by God? Who was this someone? He was scum. Arthur. He was the master's friend. And don't you go on about speaking ill of the dead, neither. He deserved what he got. Just why did you hate him so much? Look, Inspector, I've been Mr. Turner's lodgekeeper 15 year or more, and my old dad afore that. And he's as fine a master as a man could want. And now, Miss Alice, she's the same. Oh, it made my blood boil to hear some of the things Mr. McCarthy said about them, the lady especially. This is a curious brand of friendship. Mm. Some people are too open-handed for their own good. They get taken advantage of. What occasioned your fight with Mr. McCarthy? Oh, it wasn't no fight, sir. Just words. He made another one of his filthy remarks about Miss Alice. I... I forgot myself. And on the day of his death, did you forget yourself then also? Or? What are you suggesting? Nothing. Be so good as to show me your boots. I tell you, I've already interviewed everyone at Hatherley Farm. This is a waste of time. I have no desire to question anyone. Then why the devil are we going there? Before we go to the scene of the crime, it's imperative that I measure the McCarthy's boots. Boots again? Look, Holmes, I find it hard enough to tattle facts without flying away after theories and fancies. Uh, you're right. You do find it very hard to tackle facts. 
I've grasped one fact which you seem to find it difficult to get hold of. And that is? That McCarthy Sr. met his death from McCarthy Jr. And that all theorists to the contrary are the merest moonshine. Well, moonshine is a brighter thing than fog. <laughs> Here is where the body lay. Here are three separate tracks of the same feet. Young McCarthy's feet. Twice walking, once running. Ah, what's this? Ah, the butt end of the gun rested here. And there... <laughs> the strayed a mole could trace him. <laughs> what do we hear? Ah, square-capped boots, unusual boots. Left foot normal, right foot dragging, yes. Ah, single thread of wool snagged on this bark. <laughs> Splendid now. Mr. Holmes. Inspector. Mr. Holmes. Charming. You shouldn't have interrupted him. Look at him. What does he think he's doing? He's like a different man when he's at the scene of a crime. Hmm? It's almost... As if it's the only time he's really alive. He's carrying on like a dog casting for a scent. Yes, I think that's exactly it. What's got into him now? Lost a bit of bounce, hasn't he, eh? <laughs> well, Holmes. Ah, a singular affair. Most singular. Oh, yes. You've found your proof, have you? Your scientific proof? Well, if you want me to arrest Arthur Moran, you're going to have to give me some real evidence. Moran is not the killer. Oh, really? Change your tune, have you? On the contrary, I never thought he was. Hmm? This may interest you, Lestrade. Look, Holmes, I'm a policeman, not a geologist. What's interesting about an old stone? The fact that the murder was done with it. Oh, this is too much. Yeah, I can't see any marks on it. There are none. But it exactly corresponds with the injuries, and it had been hurriedly discarded. The grass was growing beneath it. It had only lain there for a few days. <laughs> and now I suppose you're going to tell me who the murderer is. Here's a tall man, limps with the right leg, wears thick-soled, square-capped shooting boots and a full-length cloak, and smokes Indian cigars from a holder. Holmes, I'm a practical man. I can't go about the country arresting every man with a gammy leg. <laughs> I'd be the laughing stock of the yard. All right. I've given you your chance. <laughs> Goodbye. Holmes? Holmes? Hmm? Your coffee. Drink it before it gets cold. Yes, of course. Thank you. You know, don't you? You know who the murderer is. Yes, I do. Why is that knowledge bothering you so much? Look, Watson, I don't know what to do, and I should value your advice. Gladly. Uh, we, we have a little time. Let me preach to you for a while. Um, have one of these cigars. Thank you. Time before what? Uh, you'll see. Uh, well, now, uh, there were several points about young McCarthy's story that struck us both at once, though they impressed me in his favour and you against him. Everything he said was either inconsistent or just downright bizarre. Look at the father's dying words. 
It's hard not to believe that the lad was simply making everything up. No, no, Watson. If you've just committed a murder and you've a mind to put a last message into your victim's mouth, you don't invent something fantastical. You have him accuse someone else. Well, I could list you half a dozen cases where exactly that was done. You said yourself that the boy wasn't exactly quick-witted. <laughs> yes, I did. I mean, that doesn't mean he's a second Lestrade. Well, then, what about his father calling out to him, using a private signal? Well, he couldn't possibly have known that the lad was there. Isn't that suspicious? Not when you know exactly what that signal was. Why? What was it? I don't believe Lestrade mentioned it. He didn't, because it meant nothing to him. But you would have realised its significance at once, I fancy. I would. I only know it because it's in the transcript of the inquest, and then I was damnably slow to see what it meant. There's one thing that permeates this whole case, one common factor, and the key to it was that signal, one word. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Holmes, I'm not following this. What does coo-e mean to you, Watson? Well, it's an old Australian bush cry. Aborigine, I think. Holmes. Exactly. Behold the missing link. Mr. Turner. Not one word from you, Doctor. You are Sherlock Holmes. I am. I've got your note. Holmes, what's the meaning of this? I assure you, Watson, I asked Mr. Turner to join us only if he felt fully able to do so. Well, I'm here and I'm still breathing. What do you want? Uh, first, let me provide you with a match for that excellent cigar which the doctor is eyeing so disapprovingly. Now, what about the other point in my note? Alice doesn't know I'm here. Very good. In a small community such as this, some facts are so well known that nobody ever mentions them. Until Watson here called on you last night, I had no idea of the source of your fortune. Gold. Australian gold. You were a miner. Isn't that right, Mr. Turner? How much do you know? I know that you are a generous man, noted for it, in fact. And I know that many philanthropists are, are privately trying to atone for something less admirable buried in their past. Yeah, uh, fancy theories. Then here are some facts. I know that it was to meet you that Charles McCarthy went down to the Boscombe Pool on the day of his death. I know that it was to attract your attention that he called the single word coo And, of course, I know that you killed him. Holmes! So... You know everything. No, not everything. How long had Charles McCarthy been blackmailing you? So, that was it. Yes, Doctor. That was it. McCarthy's use of that particular signal made it clear that he had also spent time in Australia. Once I realised that, it was a simple deduction that your friendship with him dated from that long ago. Friendship? <laughs> he was the worst enemy a man ever had. When I went out to Australia, I was a young chap, hot-blooded and restless, full of hope. It was supposed to be the promised land. There were fortunes just waiting to be made. The truth of it was very different. 
I had no luck with my claim. And you discovered, I fancy, that there are quicker and easier ways of obtaining gold than digging it out of the ground. Much easier. Oh, there, boys! Throw down your guns! Pete, check inside the wagon! Right, Jack! Tim, Bruce, unload the gold! Did he call you Jack? What if he did? Nothing, nothing. You're not black, Jack. You're never the Bellaret gang, are you? Yeah! <laughs> we were famous. And we were young and we were rich. It's a dangerous combination. Life was good. But then, one of our jobs went wrong. A guard was killed. It meant the rope if we were caught. It stopped being a game. And McCarthy? He was a wagon driver on the Melbourne bullion run. It was our last job, and our biggest. By then, I had enough gold to get me back to the old country and set me up in a respectable life. I bought this land and settled down, and married my Catherine. God rest her soul. And then McCarthy appeared in England. Oh, I used to laugh when people talked about fate turning against someone. But we met up by accident. Pure accident. I'd all but forgotten him. But he remembered me well enough. And you've been in his power ever since. Twenty years. He moved down here to the West Country. And he and his boy lived on my best land rent-free from that day on. Adding to your reputation for generosity in the process. All I wanted was to forget the past. But he wouldn't let me forget. He threatened to tell the police? The police? No, Doctor. He was cleverer than that. He threatened to tell my Alice. What did he demand? Money? And land. Property. What could I do? Then, a few years ago, when his boy was grown, he asked for my daughter. And through her total control of your whole fortune, once you've gone. I stood firm. I even told him to do his worst and tell Alice everything. But he was a cunning devil. He tried to wear me down. For three years, he talked of nothing else. And finally, I told him we had to settle it once and for all. You arranged the meeting by the pool? I was going to buy him off for good set him up anywhere in the world. But when I got there, I found out he wasn't alone. Why won't you listen to me? I'm telling you it's impossible. I can't marry her. I don't know how I got such a spineless brat as you. I'll not listen to any more of this. If you can't persuade the girl, then force her. I don't care if she marries you because she wants you or she has to. It's all the same to me. You... <laughs> <laughs> Father! Oh, my God. I did it with no more compunction than if he'd been some poisonous beast. I did it, and I'd do it again. I just had time to get back under cover, but I dropped my cloak. Your grey cloak. I found some threads of the murder scene. I saw the lad's head turn as I pulled it behind the tree where I was hidden. I think he caught a glimpse of him. A shapeless grey object moving low over the ground. He didn't see me. 
He was too busy slobbering over his worthless father. Who was desperately trying to identify his killer, Black Jack of Ballarat. I give you my word that I wouldn't have let the boy come to any harm. If it had gone against him at the Assizes, I would have spoken out. I'm glad to hear you say so. I would have made a clean breast of it already, if it weren't for my Alice. It'll break her heart when she hears that I've been arrested. You haven't yet. And it may not come to that. What are you saying? Explain yourself, sir. Don't play games with me. Lestrade has gone back to London. He regards the case as over and done with. And I am no official agent. I am concerned only to act in the best interests of my client, your daughter. So, Alice sent for you. To clear James McCarthy, I believe I can do so without naming the true killer, but there is a possibility that I may fail. I shall write up your story and you shall sign it. I promise that I'll not produce it unless it proves absolutely necessary. Holmes, this is extremely irregular. How can I ever repay you? Name any sum. Keep your money. I'll sign whatever you send to me. If you should ever find yourself in the same position, a chance to rid the world of such a man and rescue everything you hold true and dear. Well, I pray that you may never be exposed to such a temptation. Farewell, then. Your own deathbeds, when they come, will be the easier for the thought of the peace that you have given to mine. Gentlemen. a murderer. What possible justice would have been served by dragging him through the courts and ruining two innocent lives? Oh, even so. He will soon have to answer for his deeds to a higher authority than the local assizes. You're taking a great deal on yourself. I hope you realize just how much. Oh, God help us. Why does fate play such tricks with poor, helpless worms? <laughs> I never hear of such a case as this without thinking of Bradford's words. There, but for the grace of God, goes Sherlock Holmes. You're going back to London so soon? The investigation is concluded, and I have every confidence that Mr. James McCarthy will be found innocent of all charges. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so grateful. And to you too, Dr. Watson. Oh, but, but who did kill poor James's father? Have you found out? Despite the evidence of Watson's fictions, not all my cases lead to the dramatic capture of the criminal. The footprints and other signs at the pool point unmistakably to a wandering beggar or gypsy, perhaps a poacher. McCarthy challenged him and was killed on a whim. I doubt if the fellow will ever be traced. What do you say, Watson? Hmm? Yeah, oh... I'm quite sure you're right. Depend upon it. You can write this case up as one of my failures. Oh, you have not failed. 
I asked you to establish James's innocence, and you have done so. You have only to name your fee. All in good time. Just as you please. Mr. Holmes, why did you ask me to meet you here at the police station? Why not... Oh! Hello, Alice. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Oh, James. Oh. You got him bail. It was the logical thing to do. You weren't, of course, motivated by their feelings for each other. Oh, really, Doctor? But what about his wife? Ah, yes. I sent a reply paid telegram to the good lady yesterday. You did what? Asking if she'd reconsider releasing him. Her answer arrived with passionate speed. Here, it may improve your mood. I see all about him in the papers. I thank the Lord I ain't no more married to that murdering devil than you are. Tell him from me I already got a good, honest husband in the Bermuda dockyard. Good heavens. James McCarthy was acquitted at the Assizes, and the final verdict on his father's death was murder by person or persons unknown. The evidence and testimony presented by Sherlock Holmes was a major factor in the outcome of the trial. Old John Turner lived for seven months after our interview, but he is now dead. And there is every prospect that his daughter and her husband will continue to live happily together in complete ignorance of the black cloud which rests upon their past. Here you are. Thank you. Ah, oh, oh, it's good to be home. Uh, aren't you having one? Yes, why not? Hmm. Well, how did it go? Hmm. I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Holmes solved the mystery, but he let the criminal go. Well, then he must have had an excellent reason for doing so. Yes. Yes, he did. And? And what? Oh, John, <laughs> will it make a good story? Oh, yes, very good. Revenge and romance. Even a touch of comedy, if I can bring it off. Comedy? <laughs> Holmes and Lestrade at each other's throats. I don't know which one's the worst. I think I could probably guess. <laughs> I think you probably could. <laughs> Come along now, or your homecoming meal will be spoiled. John? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just thinking about Holmes. Buried away on his own. Do you think we should invite him to dinner sometime? Would he come? No, probably not. Oh, well. Come on, my love. In The Boscombe Valley Mystery, Sherlock Holmes was played by Clive Medicine and Dr. Watson by Michael Williams. John Turner was played by John Woodvine and Alice, his daughter, by Danielle Allen. With Donald G. as Inspector Lestrade, Sam West as James McCarthy, Elizabeth Mansfield as Mary Watson, Fraser Carr as Moran, 
Tara Dominic as Mrs. Moran, Jane Whittenshaw as Patience Moran, and Christopher Good as the coroner. Other parts were played by members of the cast. The violinist was Leonard Friedman. The Boscombe Valley Mystery was dramatised for radio by Bert Cools and directed by Enid Williams. <laughs>